Hey, babe, it's Paige. I'm so grateful you're here. This podcast audience of awesome women is growing with every episode, and I'm dying to connect with you personally. So if you'd like to chat, text the word pivot to my new number, 213-325-4600. There, you can enter your contact info and you'll immediately find helpful links for some one-on-one support in either getting organized or making your next pivot with confidence. Again, you can text the word pivot, P-I-V-O-T, to 213-325-4600. And that number will also be linked in all the show notes. Then we can start a conversation about how I can support you these days. I can't wait to talk to you soon and join forces because we are better together. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, I'm Paige Killian, founder and CEO of Everything With Style. I've built a business helping busy moms of littles get organized in three simple steps. Like many of my clients, I love being a mom and I also desire more. If you've ever felt that stirring in your heart, that whisper or really loud voice that keeps you up at night, then you are in the right place because this is not a solo mission. Whether you're a little curious or totally ready to be a mom, boss, and use your God-given gifts to serve others, step into your calling, turn your passions into purpose, and still make it to the carpool line on time, then girlfriend, it's time to pivot. I've got you, now let's get started. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Time to Pivot podcast. I am so thrilled because I have got a super cool lady, lady, girlfriend. What are you, Erin? I have got definitely a new friend, which makes me so excited. Yes. And author of an incredible book that we're going to talk about today, Erin Hunt on the show. Thank you so much, Erin, for being here. Thank you, Paige. I'm so excited to share it. And I really appreciate you having me on here. Of course. And what did you just tell me before (laughs) I hit record? This This is my very first podcast appearance for this book. I know. I'm excited. I'm in awe because it's been out since, did you say February? Yes. Yes. Okay. So it came out in February of this year. February of 2023. So been out for a minute. It is a bestseller. It is also under the Landon Hale Press grouping, what do we call it? Publishing agency and shout out to our girl, Samantha Joy. She has just brought so many incredible people into my life. I had so much fun actually getting to throw my arms around you. I felt like I knew you already, but throw my arms around you at Fem Powered when we saw each other and actually met in person in August. Wasn't that fun? Yes. I came home from the first day and it was a lot, (laughs) but it was like amazing because it felt like a room full of people I already knew whom I had never met all kind of there for the same great purpose. So it was a wonderful time. I highly recommend everybody going next year for sure. Yes. And I've been saying that we'll have to drop that link again in show notes as well. We had the best time in August. We're doing round two of Fem Powered Live 2024. It's going to be in April. I said the date so many times that I remember them and now it's been a minute since I, maybe the 16th and 17th. Does that ring a bell? I think we can find it, but I know it's mid-April. 
I think yeah. that's when it is, but I'm going to definitely put the information in show notes because you're right. It did feel like a family for two reasons. One, because a lot of Landon Hill Press authors were coming together. We got to sit on the panel together and talk about our mm-hmm. books, that process. We all got, she did such a great job handing off the microphone where we could each kind of talk about different parts. I talked a little yeah. bit about the title of mine and how that was born. I've got you girlfriend because I don't know that. I don't think that's the a normal kind of title. It's like, I've got you girlfriend. Well, in what? And then she helped me pull out that subtitle yes. organized and living this mom life is not a solo mission. And that was important to me because I realized really, honestly, nothing in life should be a solo mission. And you are no stranger to asking for help when you need it, even when that's very hard yes. because you, you've definitely had some things. You've got a pretty incredible book title as well. It's called Lovely <laughs> Disaster. I'm holding it up right now. I don't know if you guys are getting to see this clip or not, but Lovely Disaster. Please talk to us about this cover. Actually, what did you just share with me? Yes. So first describe it. What does it look like if people are listening on the podcast and they can't see it? So it is kind of a side-by-side picture of my face. One looking like I have everything together and the other is kind of a disaster and makeup and messy hair and life happened to half of myself, but only half. (laughs) Well, that's an interesting point. Before I have you spill that out and dive deeper into that, let me actually read what it says on the back of your book. And I, at first, yeah, I just read your bio, which I will, because I want people to understand that as a busy mom of little, so you've got lots of hats that you're wearing as well. But I also want to read this blurb about the book because yes, I have been into this book and it is, well, I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that. And I'm going to tell you what happened for me as I read this book. And I want I would you love to hear it. <laughs> Okay. So Erin Hunt uses her 15 plus years in social work, corrections, and treatment, as well as her 33-year relationship, marriage, parenting experiences, and hard-earned life lessons to help uncover what is possible for others. Through her examination of the complexities of her past, her mission is one of empathetic acceptance and grace, opening the possibility for new outcomes through unpopular decisions. There's a great amount of healing available when we listen to our inner knowing instead of what the world expects of us. So that felt huge. And then I want to read what it says about this book, which is, this is amazing to me. Lovely (laughs) disaster is a heartfelt, raw, and honest admission of the beautiful lessons found in the mess of life. Erin explores her own cautionary tale of memories, stories, experiences, and full circle moments with unfiltered candor. You guys, I am into this book and that is true. Unfiltered candor is definitely the way to say that. (laughs) She recounts living through trauma, abuse, addiction, and loss while discovering the gifts They can all afford you if you're open and willing to veer away from the normal and normal is in quotes here. Aaron's story is an invitation to take the unexpected path and to trust that you will be granted rewards along the way that you didn't know were possible. So thank you for indulging me because I just felt like every single word of that was important. It was really, really important. So what I was going to say is that as I started reading this book, Mm -hmm. I've already had this moment in three or four different times where I thought I knew what you were going to write about. 
And then it was like, of course, appropriately named Time to Pivot Podcast. A hard pivot. I was like, did not see that coming. You are such mm-hmm. a good writer. I did Thank not you. put it down. I will continue to finish it up. I am deeply into this. I'm so glad that you enjoy it. I really am. Yeah. I was irritated when I had to put it down to go to sleep. <laughs> I was like, All right. I got to be, you know, at least focused for our interview right. to put it down, but it was so good. And I would love for you to talk a little bit about who you are and how this book came to be. Let's do that. Okay. And we talked briefly ahead of time. So there are some spoilers that I'm not going to spoil for anybody who hasn't read it yet. So I'll do my best to try to veer around those things. But this book came out of left field completely. I had never thought that I would write a book, let alone write a book about myself. I was, like you said, a busy mom of two at the time when the events leading up to this book were happening. My kids were in middle school and elementary school. My oldest son is now in college and my other son is a sophomore in high school. So some time has passed, which has made this process even more special to me. So I was just raising my kids. I had been with my husband. We are kind of an anomaly in the sense that I met him when I was 14 years old. He was 15 and we dated, not exclusively in high school. I did allow for some you know, high school experiences, but we were very much a solid concrete family and couple and kind of the picture of what long-term successful relationships looked like, or at least that's what I prided myself in. I had left my home as a teenager. I moved out very early on. I was very much a free spirit. And I've always been a little bit of, I guess, lack of a better word, a little rebellious. Very good at that growing up, which I think lent to me working with teenagers when I was in social work and in corrections. So things were going fine. A major development in my life happened and my entire, like you said, my entire viewpoint, being self, self self-worth, completely shifted and pivoted. And I didn't know what it was going to look like moving forward. So I did a lot of work, a lot of self-searching. Once I was ready to share my story, I broached different people, including my own kids, not necessarily about some of the more tender and personal things, but just about some of my life experiences, which there is a part, I think, in everyone that feels, well, this is all just normal. You know, this happens to everybody. This is what everybody does. And there were times where I would just kind of feed little crumbles and nuggets to my son or his friends or to other friends, and they just kept saying to me, this should be a book. There's no way that happened to you. There's just no way. And then one night I was with a very dear friend of mine. And as women do, you know, we congregate in our little sewing circles and we're supporting each other. We had gone through similar circumstances and she and I both said, who would have thought years down the road, you and I would be sitting here doing well. And then my book was born. We were originally planning on writing it as co-authors, but it wasn't really her cup of tea. And then I realized how much I loved writing 
And it wasn't even writing just about myself, but it was just the experience. It was organic. And I don't know if Paige, you can relate to that, but it's kind of feels like once the genie was out of the bottle for me, I couldn't put it back. And the friend that I was going to write with said, this is you, this is all you. And I just went with it and it happened very fast. And I just realized at the end of it, there is a story in everybody. I mean, we hear that a lot and you really truly never know what somebody's story is, but it has value. Your story has value. Everybody's story has value and it's never too late to do something different with your life. This is not at all where I saw myself, but I am loving and enjoying this <laughs> in so many ways. I'm so happy for you. It's definitely an unexpected experience. I remember when I was writing my book, yeah, I had heard people talk about how it becomes therapy for the author. If we want to write a good book, we really have to be willing to go there. And it doesn't mean putting stuff into the world that's going to change our lives that could derail someone else's life. It's mm -hmm. really making the choice about what you're going to be super honest and transparent about so that it will be something that someone else can profit from, learn from, move through. It's going to be something that could help someone else. And just honestly, in the first couple of pages, things that you said resonated with me so much. And I just thought, oh my gosh, this is the book that I need to be reading right now. Oh, thank you. you are such a good author. You are such a good writer. Yeah. I think because now I've been on the inside and I have done that writing process. You're right. It's not that you were asking other parties involved for their permission as much as you were making sure that you were staying openly communicative with them so that there right. were blindsided moments whenever it came out, at least for the people who are closest to you. I think mm -hmm. that you definitely did have to have some hard conversations and you guys, I so just want to tell you what this book is about. Like, it's just so hard, but this is how badly I want you to go read it. That's how much I'm committed to not spoiling it because I'm already learning lessons in it and appreciating this information and I honestly, I wish that I had opened it up a couple of months ago. I, I not have delayed. I came home with a lot of awesome books from those authors. I know I'm still working through. I'm here. I'm more than halfway through. <laughs> oh, well, you guys, she just held up my book. Yes, this is the page, gorgeous page on the cover. Yep. Oh. I've got you, girlfriend. Oh my gosh. Exactly. <laughs> you have to say it that way too. The country has to come out, even if you're not <laughs> girlfriend. Yeah, it has to be like that. Thank you for that. And that's the thing is there were so many great authors up on that stage and mm -hmm. something clicked for me when I got up there. It's that we can all have very different individual experiences, but at the end of the day, what connected all of us, well, there were a few different things, but what connected all of us is that we were using experiences that happened with us, that really moved us, that mm -hmm. caused all of us, all of us on that stage that day, when we were sitting up there on the panel, it caused all of us to have to make some tremendous pivots in their life mm -hmm. because their life, their business, in their marriage, with their kids and parenting, all of these different things that, you know, it's like, it's not one thing defines us, but all of these different things that make us unique. 
Mm -hmm. We might not look like the people who in this case were up on the panel with us or the books that we're reading. We may not look like them. We may not have the exact same experiences. We may not dress the same or have the same jobs. Mm -hmm. But again, there's that commonality of going through life and hitting those really difficult situations. And you have to decide, how am I going to make this pivot? Am I going to do it scared? Am I going to not do it at all and just completely resist any sort of moving forward possibility because you just think this is going to be too hard? This is going to be too much work. What if people don't like what I have to say? What oh if, gosh, yes. That right? was huge. Yeah. That and was really big think, for me. What did you think? Because I have to believe <laughs> after reading, I'm about halfway through now too, after reading even just the half of it, there had to be some anxiety about putting this out into Are you the kidding? Oh my gosh. I'll be quite honest. It did not go according to what I thought it would be right out of the gate. And I have spoken about this before, but I will say just a couple of things on that. I'm going to backtrack a little and talk about us on the panel because there was something that I remember talking about with SJ, the publisher, as well as other people, I think at the end of writing, which was the voice that you give yourself when you're writing is yours and yours alone. And if you are worried that your voice, especially in writing a somewhat of a memoir like mine is, if you're worried that your voice is not what you want to share, the reader will realize that and not find it to be genuine. And then it doesn't resonate, I think, with what you as the writer originally had planned on presenting to the world. And so there was this element where it was like, I'm just going to keep writing and let the chips fall where they may. I know I'm not a malicious person. I was not going at this with ill intent. But when you make a plan, God laughs, right? I mean, that was what happened. I, the result was very difficult to navigate with family. However, I am happy, happy, happy to say that it just took some time for everybody to understand and accept it. And if they haven't accepted it, that's okay too, because it's not about that. But I highly recommended to other people and was recommended by Sam that if you're going to go there, you need to go there and not pump the brakes at inopportune times in your writing because it doesn't read well. And in addition to that, that's not the way my voice is. That's not how I present myself. I'm very honest. I'm honest and almost <laughs> borderline. I have to keep myself in check. But if I didn't write that way, people wouldn't be interested. And so I think once I was kind of at peace with that, then it just happened really quickly and the writing came pretty easily. And, you know, I kind of thought through everything with an end game in mind. It wasn't for the faint of heart, for sure. <laughs> but I learned a lot, you know, I did. It was therapy, for sure. It was evaluating my own good and bad choices and then really sitting in it for a while and realizing what I got out of it. And like you said, it is a pivot. I could either be ashamed or be embarrassed or be quiet or do everything like I used to do, but that got me to where I was when this all started. And so that's clearly not working for me either. You know what I mean? So. 
quick reminder, you can now get my book in four different ways. Head over to Amazon and search up I've Got You Girlfriend. The subtitle is Why Getting Organized and Living This Mom Life is Not a Solo Mission. You can find it there on e-reader. That's through the Kindle app, paperback, hardcover, and the audiobook. So if you're enjoying this podcast, I have a feeling you may love the audiobook. Again, it's called I've Got You Girlfriend, Why Getting Organized and Living This Mom Life is Not a Solo Mission. Thanks so much for making it a bestseller and back to the show. I'm so glad you actually just said that because I recorded an episode that's going to air next week in advance. And it was something that you just said about basically like, you know, that definition of crazy, you do the same things, but expect expect outcomes. That's the definition of crazy when, you know, and you just talked about how that you needed to do something different. You had to. So yeah. that's so. Thanks for teeing up next week's episode. I hope you guys like <laughs> listen to it. It's yeah. really great. It's episode thirty-eight, and it's embrace change with confidence, and it's all about doing something different than you did yeah. in the past because that wasn't getting you to where you needed to go. And I also want to say that I love what you just said about how you weren't expecting necessarily everything that transpired after, but people needed time. They needed time to process. And that's Mm -hmm. so huge because you know how you can watch a movie or you can read a book. And then after you're done with it, you're actually still processing. If it was meaningful to you, if it resonated with you, you're still processing it and you're still thinking about it weeks later, months later you find yourself going back to the scene in the movie or the chapter in the book where you were like, wow, that really is still top of mind for me. And I need to implement this or I need to make a change because what I'm doing isn't working. So I like that you talked about that time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people do need a little extra time and what might be something that you are processing as you're writing and then it comes out, you might need to give other people time to read that and then process it. I mean, it's even like if I read a verse in the Bible or if I see a great quote on Instagram or something, if it's the same thing that I saw a year prior, it's going to land on me differently because right. of the time that you read it, right? It's going to yes. resonate in a different way. And sometimes we cling to those verses or those mantras or those quotes so much more in a time of need. And then other times you look back on it and you're like, oh, wow, that verse or that quote really really helped me. That thing that I read in Aaron's book really helped me looking back on it, you know, a year or two years or three years later back on it because you're in a different place, hopefully. So I do really like how you talked about that because if anybody's listening and they're thinking about putting their story out there, whether they're going to speak about it, whether they're going to share it in the sewing group, just to share that giving yourself permission to be transparent, to be honest, to be authentic and to come from a place of, I'm not trying to hurt someone. I'm trying to process and heal. And then knowing that however, it's going to land on them, that could give them that thing that they needed to move through it, or that example of what it might look like to get through a hard time. And here's a question to you. It does sound like being vulnerable and asking somebody like Samantha Joy, Eshe, and even whenever you were like, what am I going to do for the cover? And you had something totally different planned. And then she was like, we're going to do a photo shoot. So that story is so funny because did I hear there was tequila involved? Did I hear? Of course. Yes. Are you kidding? (laughs) Yeah. So we had a photo shoot scheduled to do the cover 
And I originally had in my mind almost like a thought of with the book title already being established, I needed something gritty, messy, something like that. And so we were at this really nice hotel in downtown Denver. And I thought about doing something like in the ladies restroom or doing something in the alley or doing something that just felt a little more gritty, but the lighting didn't work. And so by that point, I had already had that face. Uh-huh. So, the messed up on one side face. Yes, messed up and nice looking all in one. And we just thought, you know what, let's just do this. So we walked into the lobby of the hotel with guests coming and going in the restaurant and the bar and all of this stuff and just started snapping pictures away. And yeah, it was one I won't forget. Because why? Because it was time to pivot. It was time to be uncomfortable. You know? Oh, you talk about that in the book. Yes. Tell us more. And that can go in so many different directions. For me, it was being uncomfortable in almost every facet of my life that was so steadfastly normal and concrete leading up to a bunch of terrible things that happened. But in the end, they weren't terrible because I sat with it and I recognized that these feelings that are coming up are happening and they're bubbling up for a reason. I use the analogy of, you know, putting your inner circle, your outer circles, even your job, everything through just a really conscientious colander of, okay, I have all this stuff going on, but it's not working for me. So where does everybody land at the end of this? So I did, I went and I sat through how I got here. What was I doing when I was growing up? Why did I do that? Like it was a self-exploration process for me. And that's really uncomfortable because I mean, we are all human. I mean, yes, we all have foibles, but you don't want to think of yourself as having really intensive flaws, but I did. And so did other people around me. And so it's identifying humanity for what it can be and what it isn't and recognizing that sometimes those uncomfortable things, they're like that, you know, that snow globe of your life where you give it some time, you figure your stuff out, and then what's meant to be there will be there. And that was really what I, myself, and my entire family had to commit to was that this is not a one-man show. This is not a situation where I want all of us to forget how we got here. And it's going to be a little uncomfortable, but on the other side of this could be and is this, I like to say miraculous family that I have now, and I could not be more blessed. Actually, just got tears in my eyes and got a little lump in my throat when you, <laughs> because that's what we want. We want to be able to know that these things yeah. that we are going through, we're going to come out on the other side and right. it's going to be bigger and better than we imagined if we're willing to do the work. And so I, yeah. I love the colander analogy that makes a lot of sense when you're sort of sifting through letting the good or the bad drain out, holding on to whatever's left. And that's a great visual. And making big changes in your life. You know, it's scary and it's uncomfortable. And that's what we did. And I'm very grateful that we were able to get there. And the coolest part, and I'll be honest, especially now, you know, that they're older is how terrified I was to do this. Well, first it was terrified to say it out loud because it's like one of those things once you say it out loud, it's real. 
And I have a very real need not to not follow through. Like I, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. So to say it to my kids that, hey, all those crazy stories that your mom and dad told you growing up, well, now guess what? I'm writing a book. And, you know, at first there was a lot of doubt, like, no, you're not, you know, my, my mom, like, mom. <laughs> your mom, you're not a writer. Yeah. What are you talking about? Turns yeah. Your mom's a great writer. Turns out guys. Oh, thank you. The coolest part was having it arrive, the actual tangible, and I'm sure you can relate to this and showing it to my kids. This is not a lifetime movie of the week or whatever, but this is really me saying you guys can do anything. I had no intention. I was in college. I didn't want to write. I didn't know I wanted, you know, it's, they can do this and you don't have to have it all figured out. You can change your mind. You can create great things. And for them to watch their parents do these things, I think has been just an unbelievable gift and the pride that I have in them and vice versa. It's just a different level. We can do hard things. We can bring in our, as Jamie McFadden would say, we can bring in our village. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. That's why it's so funny. The editor that we used for my book made a comment at the end with the acknowledgements, because there were so many. And she said, this seems a little excessive. You know, maybe we can cut some of these out. And I said, absolutely not. This is how I got here. Every single person that helped me like heal myself and helped get us, our family through all of this is included. And I will never remove them good or bad. It's going to stay. And so that was a hard pass on my end. <laughs> I'm glad that that is a, an established boundary that you set. Like, yeah, this is my book and it comes with this book. And it's so important to have all of these people listed. I had a yeah. link acknowledgement section as well. And I, I had to call out some specific people who have just been my rocks, but mm -hmm. also I tried to group some people together, even just like my mom life community. I've been on the leadership committee for that mm -hmm. church for years now, not only the leaders on that committee, but also the women who make it up. And it's some of them change year after year. They have helped me in ways that they're not even aware of, you know, and a lot of times that's sharing their stories and being vulnerable. And then I take that and I say, if they can do this, then I can do this and we can do hard things. And you are a great example to your kids. And on that note, tell us about what you're working on next. Okay. So yeah. as Paige mentioned at the beginning, my background was more in criminal justice, criminology. I worked for defense attorneys. I worked in corrections. And then I did a lot of field work in social work. So I've kind of dipped my foot in the crime pool as a career for a very long time. So I've decided to parlay that into more of a kind of true crime thriller. And it is fiction. There are some loosely based stories in there from clients and situations that I have obviously not named or modified or made some tweaks here and there, but it kind of came to pass that I prefer 
not like romance novels and that sort of thing. I like the dark <laughs> and good, I mean, bad, or otherwise. Look, look, at the cover. look at the cover of the first. You like some dark and twisty. I do. I do. Pretty. I do have a pretty twisted sense of humor. And so that genre really registers with me. And some of the arcs in the storytelling of those kinds of books reads to me too. I like the idea, like you had mentioned with my book, there are twists because it just feels more organic that way. Yeah, so I'm trying to work through that. I don't know if your book might win the most plot twists didn't see, <laughs> didn't see that coming in one book. So yes, it is. Yeah. It's kind of wild. So I needed a minute after this book came out just to digest it because people will tell you, and I think everybody who has published before can feel it, the lead up requires a lot of letdown because it is a lot. And so I needed a minute also because it's a very, very personal book just to kind of set it aside for a little bit. But now I'm so excited and utilizing the things I've heard that have resonated, like you said, with the book. And I'm glad I waited because now I know the things that I write well and the way to map out stories and things. I'm feeling more confident in that. So this book is, it's more a dark, true crime-ish kind of book, but I'm about a third of the way maybe through. And it's going to take a little bit longer than this one did, but I'm excited. It's really fun. That is so cool. I love that. I just feel like God has given you such a gift for writing and communicating. And also I will never stop saying the fact that you've shared these really intimate details of your life in a way that people can relate to and will help them in the future. And now it just gives me so much joy to know that you are continuing because yes. you, you got the bug, you got the writing bug. I did. I'm excited. I'm working on I, book two as well. And so I, I know I need to be calling you. I just got so enamored with the writing process and it is not easy. <laughs> it's not that. So I always do things in threes. And mm -hmm. just making it be like a beginning, middle and end, like the three different parts. And then yeah. even the book writing process. And it feels like I want to recreate that because I learned so much from it. I have people talking with me after I've spoken at an event or after someone's just read it and they're mm -hmm. messaging me or emailing me or something and just saying how it really resonated with them or how, whether it was getting organized or it was a personal parenting thing that they were going through or even parts of their marriage that were difficult. And I get so many phone calls or so many conversations about Legos in the bedroom. I did this, this one chapter called Legos in the bedroom, yeah. turned it into a podcast episode because it became so popular. And so many people are like, oh my gosh, the Lego ninja warrior on the nightstand that wards off any intimacy of any kind had me. I was like, yes, that is it. So many people we talk yeah. about Lego Ninja Warrior on the nightstand and obviously the metaphor. And that's what I love so much about your book as well is it is just absolutely beautiful. It's a lovely disaster. It's a beautiful example of how life can be beautiful and wonderful in the struggle. If we're willing to, like you said, be uncomfortable, 
Mm-hmm. Give it through life, have those sort of mindset shifts where we're like, okay, this is so hard and I don't want to be here. What am I going to do to get out of this disaster? This thing that could be really, really horrible and change my life in a really bad way. How can I make it meaningful? And so just to know that you're stepping into a new book and more writing, and I'm so interested to see what it looks like, how you write fiction. It's one of those things where I have been kind of reflecting back on the books that I love, as all authors do. And the ones that left me shook mm-hmm. were the ones that obviously had twists, but they didn't leave too much unanswered. Because I feel like that's the part where you can kind of go down rabbit holes of different plot twists. But the trick with fiction that I'm learning as I go is making sure I don't veer off course too much and that I have all the answers to all the twists and don't leave anything out. So it's a lot of regrouping, if that makes sense, convoluted answer, but I think you that know, makes making sense. sure. Yeah. Cause a lot of thriller type books, they have a lot of wraparound characters or things that happen. And so it's taking a little bit more time, but I'm loving the research. It's fun. <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah. The the very first thing that I say in the art of the pivot, which is the book that I'm going to be hopefully putting out very soon. Oh, I love it. The art of the pivot starts with doing your research, do your research Mm -hmm. because knowledge is power, having that information before you move forward. So Mm -hmm. I love that you're doing that. That is such an interesting way for a fiction book. You want to make sure you do have the answers before you lead them down the rabbit hole. And then they're like, wait, you didn't talk about blah, blah, blah. Although I will say if you do get to the end and you start reading it back and people are like, but what about this? You can be like book three, book three. (laughs) (laughs) That's, you know, that's worst case scenario. And that's pretty great. I feel like SJ would approve. I feel like she would be like, yes, book three. (laughs) Go for it. Absolutely. This has been so nice. I didn't even want to end this because I feel like there's so many more ways that we could talk about how this can affect our lives and moving forward, but we're going to end here today and you better come back. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I just wanted to say one more thing. I talked to you briefly and I know you're based in California, but I am starting to carry it in more brick and mortar stores and will be carried for the next few months. I think it starts in about a month over at Book Soup in West Hollywood. So maybe we can link that in here somewhere, but. For sure. And that's exactly what I was going to say. I was like, we're ending, but like, tell us where we can find your stuff. I do have a website. It's lovelydisasterbook.com. You'll forgive me. It needs a little work. (laughs) I was focused more on the book than the website, but we will start doing more events and showing more places where the book will be carried as well as on Amazon. And any questions, requests, whatever that people have, feel free to reach out. My email's on there too. So I'd be happy to answer and participate in whatever. But I so appreciate you having me here, Paige. This was wonderful. It was so great. I'm so glad you joined us. And thank you for being uncomfortable and doing the hard work and getting this book out into the world. It's going to help so many people. It is already helping me. I'm literally going to get off this call and I'm actually going to (laughs) continue it because oh thank you so much time stopping yes absolutely so you guys 
check out her website. Did you say lovelydisasterbook.com? Yes. Perfect. Check that out. We'll be looking for all the new stuff to come. Thank you again so much, Erin, for being on with us. And thank you all for listening and keep doing the hard things and keep on pushing through and making sure that you are really, truly living the life that is meant for you. Be strong, be bold, and don't forget to include your village. Absolutely ask for help for that, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you so much, Erin, and I will talk to you all very soon. Okay. Thanks, Paige. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Time to Pivot podcast. If it was helpful for you, I'd love for you to head over to Apple Podcast, hit that fifth star, and write a review. Want to book me to speak at your next event or work with me one-on-one to get clarity around your gifts, how to serve others, and go from stuck and stressed to focused and fulfilled? Reach out on the contact page at everythingwithstyle.com and connect with me on social at everythingwithstylemom. Thanks again for listening and sharing the podcast. And mom boss, remember this, your gifts are meant to be shared. Don't keep them to yourself and stay in your comfort zone. This is your time to pivot.